All right. Good morning, everybody. Today, Bezrat Hashem, we'll be learning Pei Vav in Masechah's Pesachim, the last stop in Parakesa Tzoylin. But we begin three lines up from the bottom on Pei Hei, Amid Beis, the two dots. You see it, Goranowitz? Yeah. The Mishnah discussed uh, some amazing things with regards to, we were talking about different ways that the Korban Pesach can become Tomei. Um, Goranowitz was just telling us Musser that he learned over Shabbos with Kalman about why we can't uh, break the bone of the Korban Pesach. And so it's an interesting thing. One of the things that can make the Korban Pesach uh, invalid is if it goes outside, right, of the prescribed area where you're allowed to eat the Korban Pesach, namely Yerushalayim. Now, what if only a portion of said Korban Pesach goes out? So the Mishnah had described, fascinatingly, Whereas if you had just a regular korban and a portion of it went out of your shalim, you take a cleaver and you just straight cut through the bone and the meat and everything and, they, and thus take off that portion of the korban and proceed with the rest of it. However, if, you, if it's the korban pesach, you have to be much more careful. It's a more delicate surgical procedure because of the aforementioned idea of not being able to just straight cut through the bone. Okay. Now, what is it, that, yeah. Yeah, uh, so, so then the question is, however, right, and the question is, it can't be taken out of the area of Shalim. So you ready for this interesting question where we arrive at the three dots and the, uh, three, uh, the two dots, rather, three lines up from the bottom of Pehama Bays, we arrive at the question of where, in fact, are the boundaries of Yerushalayim? Okay, wow. that's amazing. Now, it, it comes out from the Mishnah, an amazing thing. We, we say that what? Hachalanos ve'ove hachoma kilifnim. The Mishnah had said, right, that the areas of the actual city of Yerushalayim, the uh, areas of the rooftops and the um, upper stories, we'll call it the attics in Yerushalayim and in, right, the, the Chatzar, were not considered the same level of Kedusha Right, as the rest, as the rest of the, um, of the area, of the, of the Harabayas area, which means that you cannot eat Kachim Kalim there. In other words, you cannot eat Kachim Kalim on the rooftops of Yerushalayim. Isn't that amazing? Why? Now, Korban Pesach, you may know, is Kachim Kalim. Why? Because there was, there, there are parameters, Goranowitz. You're only allowed to eat certain Things of intensity of kedusha in certain places that have that intensity of kedusha. So a korban pesach, which is kachim kalim, cannot be eaten on the rooftops. So the Gemara asks with a fascinating question: Aini, is it true that you can't eat the korban pesach on the rooftops of Yerushalayim? The Amar Ravim Shimur Halela Paka Igra. This is a description of what it sounded like Pesach night. Bezrat Hashem, this is what Pesach night will sound like. What this year, which is what. There were so many people in participating in the Korban Pesach that everybody had just a kezayis because there were so many people, as we will see, there are chaburas, as we know, groups in the Korban Pesach. Everybody had just a kezayis. And what does Alayla Paka Igra means? They used to sing Hallel on the rooftops when they're eating the Korban Pesach and they would literally blow the roof off the place. Really? Yeah, they would be standing and their Hallel was so loud and vibrant it would blow the roof off the place. Wow, you hear that, Barry? Right. Barry, do you hear? So now we arrive at Pevavam at Aleph, and it, the Gemara says, My love, the Akhle be'igra, ve'ame be'igra. Well, 
In other words, we can assume that if they were blowing the Akhle Be'igra, that if they were, that, is it not true, is it not reasonable to assume that they were eating it on the rooftop and reciting Halal also on the rooftop? Meaning, right, Rebchia was saying how we used to blow the roof off the place when we were reciting Halal on the Pesach night. So it sounds like we were eating the carbon Pesach on the rooftop. This seems to be in direct, um, right, directly contradicting the idea of Rav that the rooftops of Yerushalayim are not Kaddish. Says the Gemara, what you may have logically assumed yourself, lo, the Achle Be'arav Al-Mebregra. No, simply, they ate downstairs at the house, then they went up to the rooftop afterwards for a Kumsitz, after the Seder. So, Gemara says, Aini, Wait a minute. Are you allowed to move to a different place? This is something we're going to discuss also. Can you start eating the Korban Pesach in one place and then move to another place? That's not. But we learned in the Mishnah that we're going to be learning later on on Kuf Yates. Ein maftirin achar Pesach afikoman. Ever hear of that phrase? That's, that appears in the Haggadah. That you can't, right, you can't finish your Suda, your Seder, as it were, after the afikoman, meaning you can't continue eating after the afikoman. As you know, that's the last thing that you eat. The Amarav Shaloyakur Mechabura Lechabura. And Rav himself had said that it means that after you eat the Korban, the, the Korban Pesach, you can't join another group. Okay, so if you can't join another group, how can you say that everybody went upstairs and joined this communal halal um, Upstairs on the rooftops. So the Gemara answers, Lokasha, Kan Bishasachila, Kan Shalabashasachila. In other words, during the meal, nobody's supposed to be going up, upstairs and joining the rest of the community. But when the Pesach Seder is over, this is going to be, wouldn't be awesome to do this this year? Pesach Seder is over, you eat the Afikoman, and then everybody goes upstairs and the entire Shalim rooftops are filled with the sound of Hallel Kumzitz. But they can't eat still. But they can't eat up there anymore. I, you still, I, you finished. Are you allowed to have like a fresh That's a good question. So you're asking, can you have like snacks? Yes, yeah, Like you finished. No, so. like a little party, right? I think, it's, I think the taste of the, of, of the carbon pesto should stay in your mouth. Can you have water? These are kind of discussions. We're going to get to it. Cook your test. We're going to get to it. Exactly. Soda. So you want to have a little bit of wine and soda afterwards. Okay. Kufia test then, you're gonna to have to make sure to show up Kufia test Karanowitz. Okay, five lines down on Pave Avam Bays, we want to finish the parak today. So Rav had said what? That the, that the, um, attics and the rooftops were not Kaddish. So now we're gonna say in the Brisa Tashma, that seems to contradict it. Abba Shaul Omer, Alias base Kachia Kachim, Hamura base Kachia Kaddashim. It says that, amazingly enough, you have the Kaddish HaKadashim, right? You think that that's like the holiest place that you could possibly imagine. Well, the attic upper area of the Kaddish HaKadashim was even more holy than that. The rooftop? Right. Well, this is more the attic, we'll call it. The, right? The workers used to come down from the roof. Incredible idea that Garanot is bringing up, right? Rav Cook famously used to say this. They used to ask him, how do you support the secular government of Israel? What are you doing? So he said, well, it used to, who was allowed in the Kachay Kadashim? The Kohen Gadol and Yom Kippur, and the workers also, right? The maintenance crew. So he said, these people who are bringing up the, uh, right, who are bringing the Hakamata Medina, 
they're the maintenance crew of the Kachi Kadashim, which is Eretz Yisrael, and they, we should respect them as such. So the area, the upper area of the Kachi Kadashim was even more holy than the, this is a contradiction to Rav. Why? Because Rav had said that the Gagos don't even have the Kedusha of Yerushalayim and the Elios. The Gagos and the Elios don't have the Kedusha of Yerushalayim. But we see that the Aliyah of the Kedusha Kedushim was even more holy than the Kedusha Kedushim itself. How do we know that it was more holy? Illustrated by the following halacha. Shebeis Kedusha Kedushim continues the Gemara. Koin Gadol Nichnas Lopamachas Bishana. Right? That we say the Koin Gadol enters the Kedusha Kedushim on Yom Kippur. So that's once a year. Valias base kachya kadashim ain't nasin loyala pamachas bishavua. Shavua here means uh um a cycle, right? In seven years. Vamilai Pamaim Bishavua. Some say twice in a Shemitah cycle. Vamilai Pamachas Bayovel. Some say one in a Yoivel cycle. Leda Mahitsricha. To see what's going on there, in other words. The coin god always doesn't go up into the attic when he goes in every Yom Kippur. He's just going on the ground floor. So what's going on in the attic? Whoever goes into the attic of the Kachay Kadashim. So the maintenance crew is going in, but they're only going in either once in 50 years or once in seven or twice in seven years, but less than once a year. To clean up. Yeah, to clean. Yeah, it's a funny Lushan. See what's going on. See what it needs. So the point is, there's nobody going in, so how much maintenance does it need already? But to the extent that you can't just let something lay there forever, they check it. But the fact that they check it even less frequently they enter that area even less frequently than the Kaddish HaKadashim, than the, which is just once a year with the, on Yom Kippur, with the Kohen Gadol, is a, an indication of the fact that it's an even higher level of Kedusha. This seems to contradict Rav's assertion that the Aliyos were a lower, or didn't even have the Kedusha of Yerushalayim. So how do you reconcile that? So Amar Yosef, Mehechal Neku what, you're going to bring proof from the Heichal? The Heichal is a different thing. I'm talking about the Kedusha of Yerushalayim. The area of the Heichal is a totally different level of Kedusha. That whole area is Kedush. How, how do we know? Shiny Heichal. Oh, so here says the Gemara. So I'm glad you asked because the Gemara addresses that. Shiny Heichal. The Heichal is different because of the following. The Pasuk says, as we know, David HaMelech, right, he did not... Uh, have the, right, he was not given the, the, um, of building the base of Mikdash himself, but he wanted to do it so badly that he went through as many steps as he could, right? He hired Tony and, you know, he hired Donnie Anchory and he went through all the permits and he went through all the things. And, and so, and so shiny Heichal, the Chsevaitan David Lishlomo Bno, Es Tavnisa Ulam, right? By the time Shlomo came around, he already had all the plans. Ves Bata Vegan Zakov, from the word Geniza, right? The, right, the storage rooms. Ve'ali Yosav, right? So it says the houses and the storage rooms and the attics. Ve'chadar Vapnimis, the inner rooms, Besa Kaporas, right? And, and the chamber where they had the Kaporas, as we know, it's like the Parochas, but it's, Kaparis, where you have the cover of the uh, Aron. Anyway, all of this. He did this, he did this, but he didn't build it, right? Right. So, but he, he didn't build it. He, he, he right. He he laid down the groundwork, wow. as it were. He made all of the preparations. It's, now, it's right. Exactly. He was so eager to do it. The the Garanowitz Musser moment, right? The Gar- Barry, is that right? The Garanowitz Musser moment is here. Is that? It's like much of it, just because, just because you couldn't, right, uh, complete it doesn't mean that you shouldn't have the eager, you shouldn't have the eager beaver attitude that Garanot has today of, of going and showing up and trying to do as much preparation as you can. But get, but guess what? Who made these plans? Was David the architect? Tony Goldenberg? Who was the architect? (laughs) 
So it's the next. So it says the next pasuk. It was Hakadosh Baruch Hu b'chvodu va'atzmo. Everything for the heichal was in writing by the hand of Hashem. Aha! So if all of it, if Hashem was the architect, when it comes to the heichal, that is an indication, in fact, that the entire complex was kaddish from from right from top to bottom, literally. And that is the raya that Rav Yosef brings that when it comes to the heichal, everything has kedusha because it's all divinely ordained and and uh, and constructed. Uh, the rest of Yushalayim, however, is where the Elias and the Gagos are going to not have the Kedusha. Okay, so now we're going to bring another challenge to Rav. Tashma. Now we're going to learn from the Mishnah and Meister Shani as follows. Okay, so this is where it gets a little bit, uh, this is fascinating now. We're going to have to have uh, some spatial relations here. Uh, when you have the, right, the chambers, Lishkos, like the office uh, area, in the base of Mikdash. If they're built on, right, the Kodesh place, but they're open to an un-Kodesh area, tochan chol v'gagosein Kodesh. Uh, a fascinating halacha, you handle it. If it's open to an, a non-Kodesh area, so then we say that the inner airspace of said chamber is going to be considered chol. However, the rooftop is still going to be considered Kodesh. Okay, well, that sounds like the opposite of Rav. Rav says that the rooftops were the chol. So that, how do you handle that? So Targum of Chista, Rav Chista explained the Mishnah as follows. No, the, the Rashi explains over here. In other words, the reason why the rooftops, as, as indicated in the Mishnah Maishashani, are Kaddish, why, whereas the inner area is whole, is simply because the architecture of that area was such that the rooftops of these antechambers were level with the floor of the Azara. Well, once the, they're level with the floor, then they're like continuous. Then it's like Azara proper. That's why they're Kodesh. They're not Kodesh because of some sort of like, you know, how we have with, uh, when we talk about Tumas Cheres is the airspace cut, right? We talk, we've talked about this. Kalman knows uh, well, because Tumma is his area of expertise, yeah. right? We talk about this, the outside is, is Tame, the inside is Tame. This is not that kind of thing. This is more, uh, basic. This is the construction. The rooftop is Kaddish simply because it's the floor of the Azara. Uh-huh. So the Gemara says, way, but that's not consistent with the safer of that mission in Maishashani. How so? Says the Gemara. Right, so they have questions like that. It's a fascinating question. How far does Kedusha... Yeah, we have that, we have that, we have that Shiloh with Tuma also, right? right, right. Where we say it goes up to Avir, can, can an yeah. airplane with Kohanim go over right. go some over. areas? How far does the, does the Kedusha go up? Oh. So, so the Mishnah made it sound like it, it stopped, that, that, that it, that it goes up to the roof, but the Gemara says that, um, that that was only because it was level with the ground. So the Gemara then says, Ihachi, Right, Rob's statement, to your point, Goranowitz, makes it sound like the roof, it stops at the rooftops, and beyond that, it's not Kodesh. Right. That's what Rob makes it sound like. So Gemara says, uh, uh, If you're going to be learning that the reason why the rooftops are Kodesh is because the, um, the chambers were effectively like tunnels, and it's just that the rooftops are really the ground of the Azara. So then, the, how do you understand the Sefer of the Mishnah? The Sefer says, B'niyos b'chol of suchos l'kodesh, that the converse is also true. That if the, um, 
right, that if the chambers are built in an area that's not Kaddish and they're open to a Kaddish area, then the converse is also true. Tochan Kodesh saying Chol, then you just flip the Lacha. Then the inner space is considered Kodesh and the rooftop is considered Chol. So it made sense, right, uh, somewhat when you said the opposite, right, whether it's open to Chol, right, whatever it's open to, that's what's going to, the inner is going to, area is going to be, airspace, and then the top is going to be the opposite. So it made sense when the inner airspace was Chol, and then the top was Kodesh because that was level with the Azara. But if you're going to say that that was the construction of the area, and you're going to say that the rooftops was contiguous with the Azara, so then how are you going to say that it's open to Kodesh, that the essentially what becomes the tunnels become Kodesh and the top is not going to be Kodesh? That can't be. Why? Says the Gemara. If you're talking about the area where basically the Lishkoas are effectively considered tunnels underneath the ground, and that's why the rooftop was Kodesh before. So in the Seifa, how are you going to say that the tunnels themselves are Kodesh and the rooftops are Chol? After all, Havile Mechilos. After all, the chambers become effectively like tunnels. Remember this from Samach Bab, Andrew? Rabbi Yochanan said that the, t- the tunnels, this was in the con- context of when we talked about the, the Balei Kari and the other uh, Tuma individuals, when they walked in and out, where they could walk, how far in they could come. And we said, Rabbi Yochanan made two statements. We said, one of them is not Nogea right now. It's not uh, relevant for now. And the other one had to do with the Balei Kari. Well, that's the statement that is relevant now. The statement was, Mechilos lo nidkachu. That was the first of the two statements of Yochanan back at Samach Vav, which was tunnels are of the Yerushalayim are considered Chol. Okay? And so the question is, if the tunnels are considered Chol, so then why are you saying that if an antechamber is open, right, if one of these chambers is open to Kodesh, that the, that the tunnel is Kodesh and the top is Chol? We, Rabbi Yochanan had taught us exactly the opposite. One so we, uh, yeah. Israel, they have right near the wall. They right, have they have Chizkiah's tunnels. tunnels. Right. Is that Kodesh or what? So They're according to Rabbi Yochanan, Chizkiah's tunnels should be Chol. That's the statement. Very, isn't that fascinating? That, that, that we actually can visualize what the tunnels are, they're referring to when we think of tunnels being chal. The Chizkiah's tunnels. So, Kikamar Rabbi Yochanan, so the Gemara is going to explain what's going on with these tunnels now. Kikamar Rabbi Yochanan, in what context did he say that the, that the tunnels were chal? Bipsuchos lahar habayis. Aha. The tunnels that are open to the har habayis, which was, right, the har habayis, the, te- the har habayis we think of as the most Kodesh thing, but here we're talking about relative to the Heichal, it was a lesser level of Kedusha. So those are the tunnels that are Chol. And in what context was the Mishnah who said that the, that the um, tunnels were Kodesh? What are they referring to? When it's open to the actual Chatzar, to the, that area, that's when it's Kodesh. So basically, right, whether the tunnels are going to be Chol or Kodesh is simply going to depend on whether they are actually open to the Harabais, which is the lesser level of Kedusha, or to the Azara, which is the higher level of Kedusha, that's going to depend whether the tunnels are Kedusha Chol. So I believe Chizkiah's tunnels, I guess, are open to the Harabais, which would mean thus that they would fit into Rabbi Yochanan's description of being Chol. Uh-huh. Now... Well, I'm just curious, where they built the sukkah? And the, uh, well, uh, and the, uh, you know, in the basement. Well, we're, we're, we're flying through, uh, we're almost going to be done soon enough with Masechah Psachim, so don't worry, soon enough we're going to learn Masechah Sukkah. So, Bezrat Hashem. No, so, I'm curious, right, but we have to finish the parak. So we're going to have to satisfy your curiosity later. Okay, Vahatanya, Rabbi Yudah Omer, Mechilos Bitachas Ha'echal Chol. 
We learned in the Bryce review that says that the tunnels under the Heichal were Chol. So that sounds like even under the Heichal there would be Chol, not just under right the Harabais. The Gemara answers no. Kitanya hahi shipsuchos lechol. In other words, yeah, okay, they were under the Heichal, so that's the Chiddush. In other words, even though they're they're physically under the Heichal, the opening of said tunnels are right to the to the Harabais. And it is where they are open to that determines whether they're Kodesh Chol, not where they are underneath. That's the, that's goo for the Chiddush. Okay. Now, but that's, a, that's challenged again. Tashma, Vigago Kodesh. Okay. All of this, okay, made sense, but the, for the fact that Rabbi Huda in his Brysa had said that the Gag is Kodesh. Now, this was not mentioned in David's blueprint, right? In David's blueprint, it only mentions the Alios, and the Chadarav and the Ganzakov, but didn't mention the Gagos. So the Gemara, the, so the Gemara says, Gagin Halalu, right? But that very Brisa teaches later in the same Brisa that these, uh, that these rooftops, right, ain't Ochlin Sham Kotche Kadashim. That those Gagim were in fact Kaddish. Ve'ain Shochtim Sham Kotchim Kalim. And you can't Shecht Kotchim Kalim, right? In other words, we know from the same Brisa that it's not Kadosh. Right, because in other words, you can't eat kachim kachim there, and so if you, that means that it's not kaddish. So the same brisa is teaching us that it's not kaddish. So how do you, how, so how do you reckon? So how do you understand that? Ve'ela kasha gaga kodesh. So the Gemara says simply that this later idea, right, the two parts of the brisa seem to contradict each other. First, it says gaga kodesh, and then it says that you that they're not kaddish, as indicated by the fact that you can't eat kachim kachim there. So how do you reconcile this? This is like this. The fact that it says Gago Kodesh, Amar of Bar Guria, Laosan Shte Amos, right? That there was a portion, the answer is, we're about to hit a mind blowing calendrical coincidence. I don't want you to get emotionally prepared, Andrew. Um, there's a portion of the Gog, the reason why you see this apparent steer is there's a portion of the Gog that was Kodesh and a portion of the Gog that was not. The portion of the Gog that was Kodesh was unique, that was the outlier. It was a small portion of the Gog that was there for the storage of a very specific thing. Let's see it inside. It is the Osan State Amos. There were two rulers, basically, measuring sticks that were kept, that were kept. What? It was like a helicopter pad for the two measuring sticks that were kept in the base of Mikdash. It's not. As we learned in the Mishnah in Caleb. Shte Amos Haya Beshushan Habira. Oh my God. Are you kidding me right now? Shushan Abira. We're, we're in Adar. Is it because of, is this from Purim? This is from Purim. Because, why? Because they built the second Beis Mikdash, right? If you recall, Achashverosh, right? And they returned to Eretz Israel to build the second Beis Mikdash. Not everybody, but enough. And who gave the authority to free them and to rebuild it? Achashverosh. So he said to them, it's a machlokas in the Rishonim, Rashi brings, it's not really machlokas, Rashi brings up different strains of what the possibility of why it was called Shushan Abira. One of two things, either it was Hakara Satov to Shushan for letting them build it, or it was Shushan reminding them, don't forget who let you build it in a sort of more right menacing way. But be that as it may, there was an area that was dedicated called Shushan Habira in the second base of Mikdash. Oh, because of Purim. Yep. So anyways, that's where they kept these measuring sticks. Achas al-Karen Mizrachas One of them was kept in the northeast corner. Achas al-Karen Mizrachas Dromus. And the other in the southeast corner. Zush al-Karen Mizrachas Tzronis. I say, Sarah al-Shel Moshe Chatzi Atzba. What's this Moshe Chatzi Atzba? 
Well, the Moshe Rabbeinu had this with standard Amma. Remember Daf Gimel in Erevin, we were talking about the standard Amma, whether it's five Tvachim would be a standard Amma. Six Tvachim would be wow. a little bit more. Do we do a, a little more? Do we do a little less? Right. So, so we say, so there were a couple of measuring sticks. So that which was on the northeast corner was a little bit bigger than the regular Amma. And that which was on the right southwest corner was also a little bit bigger by a half Amma. Together, it was longer than that of Moshe Rabbeinu by a full right Etzba. What does that mean, the cubit? When you're talking about an Amma, it's not like a centimeter or an inch, as we discussed in Ervin, where it's regulated. It's, you can have like bigger ones and smaller ones. So Moshe Rabbeinu had one that was like the standard, five tfachim. But you could have like a slightly bigger one also. So it was like more fluid than what you might be used to. And, and that, that, we brought that up already, that you could have like a closed fist, an open fist, right, when you're measuring these measurements. Okay. So why would they do that? says the Gemara, it says the following, an amazing thing. When Tony Goldenberg tells you he's going to build you a room 20 by 20, so he uses the small, he charges you for the small 20 by 20. So, and then he builds you the big 20 by 20. So you're getting, in essence, more than what you paid for. How, so what is the point of that? The point of that is because what if he did it the other way around? If he charged you for the large 20, if he charged the base of Mikdosh, for the large 20 by 20, and then got, and then got paid, and then, and then build a small 20 by 20, he'd be making too much profit off, off the base of Mikdash. That's called me'ila. That's misappropriation of temple funds. So basically, the reason why you could play with the measurements is that you basically, if you're, if you're building the base of Mikdash, so to speak, then you could charge, uh, for the smaller measurements, but, Give, provide the larger measurements, right. and by doing so, you you avoid the violation of meila. Common or a CPA? Do they charge more? Yeah, common does everything exact. He only has one I measuring stick. It's all the same. Right. Now, common uh, common doesn't doesn't shave off either side. But the point is that right. we're trying to the the, the Garanowitz Musari here is uh, you should deliver more than you promise. How's that? Oh, and, 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 and that common does that that common does. Okay, Vitarti Lamali. So why, so the Gemara asks, why do you need to have both measuring sticks? Achad la kaspa vidahava. One was measured for the gold and silver. Achad la vinyana. One was measured for the construction. So they had two for two different functions. Anyway, the bottom line is that the Bryce is pointing out that there was a portion of, right, this area of the roof of the Echel that was Kaddish and part of it was not and the rest of it was Chol. And that's why that um, accounts for the apparent discrepancy in the Mishnah in, in uh, Maishah Shani. It's not really a, a discrepancy. It's just talking about different parts of the roof. So when you do business, you should always charge, uh, uh, you know, fair, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. That's a big value. So now Rav, okay. So Rav, now we say, we, we've saved Rav. He said that the rooftops were not, did not have the Kedusha of the, the actual Chatzar. So now, in light of this, Tanan, we learned in our Mishnah the following. We said that the windows and the thickness of the wall were like the inside, right? Which means that they were like Kodesh. So, I can understand the windows. Because again, the way the construction was, there were areas of the Azara where the floor was level with the windows because of the, you know, if you had a ramp. 
But the thickness of the wall, right? By definition, wherever the courtyard is, then the wall goes even higher, and therefore it's never it's not level with the Azara. And therefore, how does that retain the Kedusha of the Azara? So says the Gemara, that there's something called like the higher wall, and the other one, it's called like the floor molding, so to speak. That's the lower wall, right? That's how you visualize it. It's there, as Rashi explains, to sort of support the higher wall. So when we say that it's Kaddish, we're referring to said low wall. How do we know there's a high and low wall? And, and this is a Pasuk in Eicha, that both the high wall and the lower wall used to mourn, right? The Choma is the so, so what's the chel and what's the choma? So the, so it sounds like Rama Rabacha, but same Rabbi Shura Uvar Shura. That was how Rabacha uh, or Rabbi Chanina explained what that pasuk in Echa means. That it means that there was two walls. There was a high wall and a low wall. Illustrating that there was a low wall, it is in fact that low wall that's essentially level with the floor of the Azara that has, that retains the Kedusha and it is that wall which the Mishnah is referring to. Amazing, amazing concept. Okay. Switching gears, new Mishnah, towards the bottom of Pevavamid Aleph, talking about eating the Pesach together. We have to pay, you have to hold cup here, Goranos, because we're going to be a Chabura when we do this. So can you stay together? How much can you do on, can you go off on your own? So it says, this, so the truth of the matter is, I should just say, the, the Psukim, the Psukim says, So one Pasuk says, right, that they're multiple, it says, Sounds like you're eating in multiple houses, fine. And then it says, That you should eat it in one house. So are you eating it in multiple houses, or are you eating it in one house? So you have to reconcile these two psukim. So let's see. Let's see, you have two groups of, uh, two groups eating a single, this is important, Rashi explains. You can't eat in a restaurant with different people. What, the carbon Pesach? Okay, so let's see. Okay, so we'll do a restaurant. Okay? You have multiple groups. Now, Rashi points out, very important. Well, that's a very good point. Pesach programs. This sounds like Pesach programs, right? You have, you want to get, everybody wants a private Seder, but not everybody can afford a private Seder, right? So you have multiple people sitting in multiple areas in the, in the ballroom, and they're not looking at each other. Is, are these Pesach programs going to work out with the carbon Pesach? Like, how are they going to fit? Perfect. So Rashi. First Rashi in the Mishnah. Okay? So everybody is in the Bonaventure. <laughs> okay? And they are all bringing one carbon Pesach. They're going to get together in the lobby, and they bring their carbon Pesach of the Bonaventure. It's going to be the best carbon Pesach ever. Okay? But they're eating at, what? Separate tables. So says the Mishnah, yes, sounds like you could do it. You could do it in the ballroom of the Bonaventure, right? And, and you don't have to all like face each other as you're eating it. You could sort of like break up into separate tables, as, even if you're eating the same carbon Pesach, okay? The hamecham be'emtza in a chiddush, as Rashi explains, you could even have like a little bit of mechitza, like the buffet table between them. The mecham technically is the kettle, but that's the idea. That even if you have the buffet table and everybody's going to the buffet right. together, that's not considered a mechitza yet. That's considered okay, and it's still eaten bechabura. Okay, and kshehashamash omed limzog. Now, where let's right when when the poor yeshiva guys 
that are like the mashkichim, that are the waiters, right? So who is he going to eat the, the Karm Pesach with? So when he's eating with one group and he gets up to pour the wine for the other group, right, he has to pick a group. When he does so, kofet says, pivu machzayas panav. Isn't that unbelievable? It's like um, he's holding his breath because he has to close his mouth because he can't demonstrate that he has anything to do with the second group. He has to what? He has to show that he's only with one of the groups. That like he's with his uh, waiter friends. Wow. Uh, right, he has to wear a mask. No, you'll Oh my God. That's this, this is all you, this year. So yeah, what are you going to do this year with the mask? Are we going to say that the waiters can't wear a mask because they have to keep their mouth closed so that we could see it? That's unbelievable. That's only going to be in the Badats program. That would be a Dafyomi coincidence. Anyways. Until he gets back to his own group, once he gets back to his waiter dudes, then he can eat. Okay, and then finally, says the Mishnah, we'll, we'll hopefully get to this in the Gemara, uh, a separate idea, that a Kala, because she's, right, a Kala's always the center of attention, it's a little bit embarrassing, um, and therefore, she, unlike other people which have to uh, demonstrate, right, cohesiveness with the group by showing that they're part of the crew, she can actually turn away because she doesn't, nobody wants to watch her chew. She, she's more embarrassed because she's the focus of attention. And so, so, a little bit muster here with Sneas, right? Okay, so the Gemara asks, Mastis and Mani, who wrote our Mishnah? Okay, Rabbi Yehuda, it's Rabbi Yehuda, the Tanya, because it says in the Brisa, Alabatim Asher Yochlu Oso Behem, right? On the houses, right? Uh, Rashi. What's the mashmas of this? Uh, as we, we quoted the Pasuk already, that it's eaten in multiple houses. Melamed Pesach Nechal Chaburos. Right? Makes it sound like you could take the same Korban Pesach and eat it in multiple Chaburos. Is that what it makes it sound? That's what Rashi says. Mashna Adam Ochlim Pesach Echad Batim. Because it says Yochlu Shnaim Oso Chad Pesach Batim Shnaim. In other words, you have to know a little dikduk here uh, to, to understand this part of the Gemara. That the, the language, the diktuk here makes it sound like it's one carbon Pesach with multiple houses. So it sounds like the Pesach can be eaten in Bishtei Chaburos. So you might think, hold cup for this, you might think, again, one carbon Pesach, multiple people eating simultaneously in two groups, that's okay. But you might think that Goranowitz can go Seder hopping. That <laughs> you could start by Andrew, move over to Barry, go go buddy up with Kalman. Now he's got all these buddies. No, you cannot do that, Gerardus. You got to pick your spot. Because as we mentioned, there's two psukim. One says multiple houses. One says single house. So how do you reconcile the psukim? So now you know that if you're eating one carbon at the same time, so you could eat it like in multiple locations. But you can't have one guy carbon uh, uh, pesach hopping. He has to stick with one group. Right? That's why if you have like the waiter, he's eating it by right next to the gyro, right? Why the, why the oven that they're roasting it? If he's smart, he's just finished eating it right then and there because he's not going to be able to move afterwards. However, if they want to be good dudes, the Bnei Chabur could actually come join him. They could be tzaddik, tzaddikim, and they could actually keep him company, and then he could feel like he's having like a real family Pesach Seder because he can't move. That's the Rabbi Yehuda. That was Rabbi Yehuda's shita. Rabbi Shimon, however, Oimer, he understood the Pesukim somewhat differently. That in fact, 
from the same uh, from that pasuk, you could go so far as to say that one, that Goranowitz can go what he can go Pesach Seder hopping wow. as we hop over to pay Vav Amdez, and we say Yochel Yehei Nechal Bishtei Chaburos. You might think that the Korban Pesach can be eaten in two groups. Talmud Lomar Bevais Echad Yeochel. Aha. So that's a different thing. You might think that he could eat it in two groups. The Pasuk, however, says that it should be eaten in one house. So wait, what's the source of the Machlokas Rebbe Huda and Rebbe Shimon? Ask the Gemara, but my Kavivlagi. How do they disagree on how to understand that Pasuk? So Rebbe Huda Savar, a fundamental Machlokas we see all over Shas. Yesh aim le Masoris. In very Bishimon Savar, Yesh aim le Mikra. Unbelievable. The Pusik is written in a way that implies one way and is read a different way. And if you know Dikduk and you know what a reflexive is, so you know the difference between Yochal and Yachel. Said outside, it is basically a Hefza Gavra issue. If you say Yochal, uh, and Rashi says a whole Arichus explains how it is, and he says some people say it's the exact opposite. So don't. Don't beat yourself up if you if it's not obvious to you, right? Because it's not obvious to Rashi either. But the point is that the the simple way to understand it, or at least you know one mahalach would be right, uh, like a chafzag a thing. Like if if the idea is the korban bevais echad that it has to be yeachel, so then that's a chafzag thing, right? The korban has to be eaten in one house. So then we don't necessarily care, right? What, that whether somebody is going to come. From the outside, called Dichman Yesav Yechel, right? Somebody's gonna come and eat and partake of the Korban, as long as the Korban stays in one place. If you say Yochal, so then it's the individual. Now it's on the Gavr, right? Now we don't want that person moving, right? So it's a question of, does the Korban move, or does the, uh, does the Korban have to stay in one place, and people could come in, or does the individual have to stay in one place, and he can't uh, move around? That, and, 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 and the Mesaurus, and the Mikra, one is Yachel, one is Yochal, and that informs their shitos uh, accordingly. Incredible, uh, fascinating, and really um, a lot more here to uh, to be ma'ayin to work it out. Rashi himself is uncharacteristically right. The, even the, this Rashi uncharacteristically um, long. He says vekasherli laomro deloshamati mesoros kazei meolam, etc. Right. He's starting to. To explain a little bit more, like historical of what he learned, what he thought. Maybe it's like this. Maybe it's like that. Fascinating, different ideas. But we 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 lay down, and even even the art scroll says, "I'll say the whole thing like Rashi, and then afterwards you'll see there'll be a note. I'll explain the whole thing like the other Mefarshim." So we have um, we have we have a lot of uh, a lot over here. Okay, now, but we understand Pashup Shat basically is that there's a Mesoros and a Mikra. And that those inform, and, and it has to do with how you read that pasuk, and those inform the halacha. Okay. Now, there's nafkaminas between these two halachas, as follows. Let's say you were sitting, and you had a mechitza between you. Okay, so now we're getting Shlomo Skolnik on this. You know what Shlomo Skolnik is? Travel deal. Uh, his, his industry got hit hard. It's the, yeah, right, Israel tourism. So he runs a program called Kinar. And he tells everybody, I'm going to give you like a private seder. But basically, he's putting up mechitzos. Everyone's in the lobby and the diet. Like he's, every square inch of the kinar is used up. So is that considered a breakup, right? We said that the buffet table doesn't break it up. But what if you were sitting as a group and all of a sudden a mechitzah comes out? So the different Pesach Nechal Beshtei Chaburos Oichlin, right? If you hold that you can have multiple chaburos for the Pesach as long as the Pesach stays in one place, then the Pesach didn't move. That's cool. 
However, right? But if you say that it has to do with the individual, so then now they've been separated. Now they, can, they have to stop eating. They have to stop the Seder. Wow. Conversely, this is even more amazing. You were sitting and you had the partitions, you're in the kinar, and the waiters want to go to bed. So they move away the mechitzos. Now you see the other chaburos. So if all you care about, right, this is Rabbi Shimon, like Rabbi Shimon, that you, as long as the Pesach stays, that the Pesach uh, can be eaten in two places, rather, so, so then it's okay. That the carbon Pesach has to stay, Rashi says this big chiddish, it's a big chiddish. Do you understand what's going on? You had one place, it was considered, right, two places. So each side of the mechitza was considered as its own place. Rashi explains, when the mechitza was taken away, now all of a sudden the ability to see the other family and their table is the equivalent, even though you, and this is Rashi spells it out, even though you didn't move, and your Pesach Seder didn't move, and your crew and your Korban Pesach didn't move, by virtue of now being part of this other family, it's as if you moved. And, it, and, and you have to stop the Seder. That's a huge Kiddush. We're going to see at the end of this Gemara that's not so Pasha as we see right now, in fact. Yasser Rav Kahana, Kapasha Lamefshit. When Rav Kahana used to say this halacha, it sounded Pasha to him. He's like, yeah, that's Pasha, that's the Gemara. Amalei Ravashi, Rav Kahana. Ravashi says, are you so sure that that's, that that's not a huge Kiddush? Why are you so confident that that's the halacha? You should really be uh, less confident about this matter. This um, whole idea of a siluk mechitza creating a whole other place or breaking up a place, this idea of mechitzos, it's, uh, it's, un, it's uh, unsettling to see how, how passionate it is to you, Rav Kahana, says Rav Ashi. Says Rav Ashi, teiku. I myself... Uh, this is a very interesting right application of teku. Is that I myself am unsure I'm going to teku this right? I'm going to say that Mashiach is going to tell me uh, how to resolve this issue of the mechitzas. I think that, which is a way of saying, I think that this is really not a pasuk halacha at all. Okay. Now two dots, fourteen lines down. Pevavim beis. We said hakala fechas as panel. So as promised, we said that the kala right. She was. She, she, would tur- she was allowed to turn her face out of modesty. So my time, what's the reason? She's embarrassed. She's the center of attention. So she's allowed to, and we let her. Okay. Now we have a story. You ready for story time? Interesting story. Oh my goodness. Are you kidding me, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak? He's everywhere. Okay. Masechus Pesach and Valedictorian, Rav Nachman Bar Yitzchak was hosting, right? And Ravuna Huna, of Nasan comes to visit him. So Amrulei, so apparently Ravuna was not really known in this locale. And so I asked him, what's your name? So I'm Aluhu Ravuna. I'm Ravuna. Okay. So Amru Nesiv Marapurya. They said, okay, would you like to sit on the couch? So Yasuf, he said, yeah, I, I would love to. And he sits right on the couch. We're going to learn that all of this was considered poor etiquette. You're supposed to show, according to etiquette, more modesty. Nobody calls themselves rabbi. They say, what's your name? He says, Moshe Howard. He doesn't say, Ram, Rabbi Howard. You say, sit on the couch. He said, no, it's okay, I'm fine. But Ravuna didn't do so, right? He said, I'm Rabbi Huna. He sits on the couch. They gave him a cup of wine to drink. He didn't have, he didn't have to ask him twice. 
He took it right away. And drinks it in two gulps. And he didn't even turn his face. So who is this guy? Who is this hotshot? They were upset. They said to him, My time How did you call yourself Ravuna? Who calls himself Rabbi? That's my name. I'm Rabbi. They've been calling me that my whole life. Even when I was a kid, says Rashi. But maybe, so that's one thing. But, but you could say, like, you know, you wanted to know who I was. That's how I'm called. People call me Rabbi Howard. Okay. So my time, or Rabbi Rose, as it were. My time, so they said, well, okay, so then, so, so we get it. They call you, they've been calling you Rabbi your whole life. But when we said sit on the couch, you just sit on the couch. You don't demure at all. So I'm a little, call Mashi Yomalach Balabai, so say. In other words, I was just being polite. I wasn't being haughty. I was just following the rules of the house. You tell me to sit, I sit. You tell me to stand, I stand. Okay. So, fine. So you've answered, like, the first two of your five social guffaws. Let's keep going. My time, Okay, so we gave you the cup. You took it right away. It didn't demure at all. How do you explain that? So, Yeah, you, I, I can't refuse when a great person asks me. This actually has halacha lemaisa, right? Barry gets called up for an aliyah, right? On days that he's not laning. So he could say, right, so if you have like a huge crowd and somebody calls you up for the Leah, then there's halachas about that. No, thank you, appreciate it, or going for the Yomud, right? But, you know, we have like uh, only a finite amount of people at the 625 Minion and, and everybody needs to get to work. So this is not a time to start being coy and to start being a tzaddik all of a sudden and not accept, uh, you just accept your kibud and go, for, accept your kibud and move on, right? So... Um, so, right? So he says, okay, so fine. So that's why he right away accepted the, the, the coast. My time, I should betray Zimni. What about the two gulps, they said? So, Amar Lahu, he said, that had a cheshbin, too. The Tanya, because we learned in the Brisa, if I guzzled it and chugged it in one gulp, that would be, that would, that would make me a guzzler. That's not good. Shnaim derech eretz, the middle ground is two gulps, that's the perfect, uh, that's the perfect uh, amount. That's the golden mean. That's right. Shlosha migasi ruach. Because if I'm nursing this thing over three sips, then that makes it also haughty. Who are you that you're just nursing the drink? So two gulps is the perfect middle ground. Okay. So he had a cheshben for everything. Okay. But finally, what was your cheshben? My time But come on, man. You're just like staring us in the face while you're drinking it. You didn't turn away in any way. Apparently, that was the social norm of the day. So, Amalu, what are you talking about? The, our Mishnah says that only the Kala is allowed to turn her face. But that's the Kala. I'm not a Kala. So, the Kala turns her face. I keep my face turned to you. Of course, right, we're not talking about the Karm Pesach as far as I know. Are we talking about the Karm Pesach? In other words, um, the, the, he he applied it to the etiquette of drinking the wine, but maybe maybe that was the korban pesach chavura after all. Anyways, the point is that he was um, right. The point is that that he applied the idea of turning your face and said that that's only applicable to a kala, and that makes it seem like that's an outlier behavior. That everyone else faces everyone when they are eating and or drinking. Because don't forget, the Korban Pesach mimics, right, the social norms of the eating of the day in a certain sense. That's how you establish a Chabura. As a matter of fact, we're going to learn meal etiquette very soon. We're going to see. Uh, another story, short one. Rabbi Shemal Berbiosi, equal to Rabbi Shimon Berbiosi ben Laconia. Rabbi Shemal Berbiosi went to the house of Rabbi Shimon Berbiosi. 
They gave him a cup of wine to drink. He took it right away, takes the whole thing down, chugs it in one gulp. We just said that two gulps is a golden mean. Why are you taking one gulp? Yeah, when they said that you shouldn't take it in one gulp, they didn't take into account that this would be such a small cup with such sweet wine and that I would be such a big guy. In other words, a big Jew, like my father-in-law, Oliver Shalom, used to drink like schnapps out of a beer mug. He was a big man, and he was able to handle it. For him, it was normal. For anyone else, it would be abnormal. So everything is in context. Okay. Now we have an unbelievable, this is actually the part where the art school says you could do it like Rashi or like the other Mepharshim, an unbelievable discussion concerning uh, a group of people eating together. So we're going to spend one minute talking about it. Um, well, we don't have a minion yet. But one minute talking about this machlokas. Uh, Rashi says this has nothing to do with the korban pesach. This is straight up meal etiquette. And the rest of the farshim say it has to do with korban pesach, which makes more sense in context. Amar Ravuna, bnei chabura nechnasin b'shlosha. Ravuna says the bnei chabura they can go in as three. V'yotzen afil be'echad, but they could leave one at a time. This is like in a restaurant. Ravuna it says Amar Rabbah v'hu da'ayel be'inna dergilu me'el. This is only applicable when they enter at the time that no, more normal people enter and only when the waiters are aware. In other words, are you making the waiter stay later? Okay? Or serve only a few people. So, that who, that it's the last guy who stays, last guy is the guy that leaves the tip. So again, this is either Karim Pesach or I think this is why Rashi thought that it had to do with just regular dudes in the restaurant. But the answer is no. Everybody splits the tip. It's not just the last guy pays a tip. Hadron Allah Kates at Solin. We finished the last park, park uh, the park, uh, seventh park. Bezat Hashem will continue with the eighth park tomorrow.